Hey everybody, welcome to the show. This week we are taking you back in time to the voyage of the Titanic. Coming to you live from the Bob Barley studio in Orlando, Florida, you're watching The Trip. This is The Trip, episode 25 for the week of August 5th, 2015. The Trip is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect vacation, whether it be theme parks on the West Coast, East Coast, or on the seas. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hey everyone, welcome to The Trip. I'm Jenny Lynn. And I'm Teresa. And back in the nook is Dustin West, our hey, producer. Oh, I'm short. Hey. You're short? Yeah. Doesn't happen very often. <laughs> <laughs> What's that about? All right. So this week, surprise, surprise, we're taking you back to International Drive. <laughs> Not that Ooh. you guys, we haven't taken you there a hundred times before. You can't. But there's so much to do there. There is. We're working our way down I down Drive. Down I Drive. We are. We sure are. <laughs> well, this last uh, week, we took a visit to... Uh, it's, I guess it's not a new attraction. It's been there a while. Mm-hmm. Titanic. The, Ti- experience? Is that what it is? Well, there's, there's a couple things about it, but we did the Artifact Exhibition. Okay. Titanic colon the Artifact Exhibition. Uh, maybe, I should, uh, maybe I should change the title of this video. <laughs> What's like, it called? The Experience? The Experience, yes. Whoops. We experienced it. Well, we did experience it, so maybe you can just leave it and we'll say it was our experience. Our experience. <laughs> So, yeah, I guess we were just going to go ahead and get started with a little bit of trip talk. Yeah, I have an issue, but it's, we're going to put it in the trip talk. So. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so here we are with trip talk. All right, as we're getting into this, I figured we can maybe give them a little bit of an overview Alrighty. of the attraction. Uh, what the Titanic is? Yes. Well, do you want <laughs> It's an ill-fated Very long voyage. ago, for those of you who are living under a rock and have never heard, go ahead. It was an ill-fated maiden voyage of the, was it RMS Titanic? Yes, it Went was. down. RMS because it was not just a passenger ship, but it also carried mail. That's Which was the, interesting, yes. Yeah, registered mail. I forget what the S is, mm-hmm. but... So, anyway, yeah, and Those obviously... people never got their letters, that's going to say. No. Go ahead. Oh, that's all I had to say. Oh, there was a big, the- like... <gasps> no, like I thought, just- okay, here it comes. <laughs> um, yeah, so there has been a whole exhibit that is here in Orlando, and on International Drive, it's open daily. The hours change according to the time of the year, but the hours, you know, are all listed on their website, so you can plan ahead for your time here if you're wanting to. Their um, website is premierexhibitions.com, and then there's like a forward slash, and you put in the Titanic. But basically, if you Google Titanic Experience Orlando, you will find You'll the website. Find it, yeah. mm-hmm. Now. There. Tickets can be bought at the door or they can be bought online. It's a little cheaper if you buy them online, but in general the price range is twenty one ninety five for adults, fifteen ninety five for children, children being five to eleven years old, and two and under get in free seniors are nineteen seventy five. Now I don't know what this means for children that are three and four years old. Apparently they get lost in the shuffle or they're not allowed to come in because oh my. there's not a price listed for Seriously? Kids. Yeah. There's not a price listed for three and four year olds. So I have no How idea bizarre. what that means. You know, I find it interesting. A lot of these things we're doing on iDrive. In fact, I think most of them, if you pre-purchase your tickets, it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. So that would be the way to go on a lot of this, yeah. especially if you know you're going to do it in advance. Yeah. If you can plan, you're going to save some money. Um, otherwise, they are there to do on the fly. You find yourself with a free day or something. It is It's not a huge so. savings, but it adds up if you have a big group. Yes. So I would definitely go online you know, yeah. if, I, if you can and do it that way. Absolutely. So the other thing that you should know, um, that you can go on a guided tour like we did or you can go just of your own free will touring the exhibit by yourself we did the guided tours that is every hour on the hour and they recommend that you come 30 minutes ahead of time just to make sure you don't miss the next tour coming up and then there is a little bit of prep work like you do have to go and pick out you know who you are there's there's just a little bit of prep that happens so getting there a little bit early is a good idea 
Also, no food, no drinks, no pets except for service animals, no photography, no large backpacks uh, or bags, no smoking, and your cell phones have to be off. No smoking cell phones. No smoking smoking cell phones. phones. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a lot. No photography. There's a reason for that, and we'll get into that. But when I first read that, I thought, okay, that's kind of... But it makes sense. It's like the dinosaur story. I know. What the heck? I want to take some pictures. So you just got to take a picture when you go back outside. Yeah, I know. You got to abide by the rules. So just know that ahead of time. If you're going to be going, don't expect to get your picture, pictures of whatever while you're there. Well, we have a few pictures here. So here's what the lobby looks like. (laughs) Uh, That's the thing that you can take a picture of. The lobby and the gift shop. The lobby and the gift shop. That is... But that would be it. That would be it. Wow, there it is. There it is. <laughs> so, yeah, this is going to be pretty much a pictureless episode. Use <laughs> this is your where imagination. your imagination comes into play. We'll have to do really good with our storytelling this, uh, I'm this ready. time. I'm ready. One more point that I wanted to make was that there are two separate experiences when it comes to the Titanic exhibit. We did the artifact exhibit, but there is also a dinner event that you can do um that's held every friday and saturday night it includes a tour of the exhibit a several course meal and then reenactments of april 14th the night that i the don't think show. i could do that, that i don't think you could do it, it either. Does sound, after doing what we did i don't think we'll you could make that, it i don't it. think i could make it i would be clutching the rail and yeah yeah i don't rea- want to reenact when i say reenactments you know there's people that are dressed up as actual passengers that were on the boat and they I guess you're supposed to be experiencing a dinner much like you would on that particular evening on the crew uh, on the ship and uh, I mean we didn't do it so I'm not exactly sure but it sounds rather dramatic and you know the menu looked good Your last meal, okay. But that's a completely separate experience that's open to you and, again, a a separate cost. So um, that's all on their website if you're wanting to look into that a little bit more. Now, I think we can talk about what our experience was. Okay. Well, when we first got there, um, Dustin got there first, and he had already um, paid for our passage. Because I'm awesome. Because he's awesome. He got us. He was sending us to America, and we were each given a, or he, he was given three little boarding passes. Yep, we all we all got a boarding pass, and they all have our, um, our backstory. (laughs) I got to I got to our backstory on there. Now, as Dustin and I were standing there reading these, he was given. Dustin, you told them it was one man and two women, right? Yes. I I want to say this though. When she says backstory, she's talking about these. These are actual passengers that were on the ship, and these are real stories, you know, their right, stories. Right, their story. I, I didn't not, make these up. This is not Jack and Rose um, from Titanic the movie. There will not be a card with them on there. You no, can't ask you for you it. you can't ask for Jack and Rose. They're not there. These are the real people that were on the ship. Right. So Dustin had asked, he's, he told them it was one, you and two women, right? Two females. That's correct. So yes. he was given three cards. He kept... When I got there before you did, he gave me the two lady cards, and I'm looking at them, and I didn't really care for either one. <laughs> well, one was an 18-year-old, and the other one was in her 20s. I said, well, don't you have anybody older that I could, you know, <laughs> vicariously live through on her last moment, maybe her last moment? So I went back, and I asked, and I was given um, one still not close to my age, but a little bit better. And Dustin went back, and changed his out too so you ended up being hilda right i am uh, miss hilda mary slater slatter and i am 30 i'm from halifax nova scotia which made me happy <laughs> and i'm traveling alone and i'm a second class passenger and here's the reason i'm traveling um, returning from a trip to england where i had bought my wedding dress after she arrived in New York, Hilda planned to marry Harry Lakin, the son of British Baron who lived on an island off the coast of British Columbia. Here's a fact about me. In 1902, Hilda had moved to Italy in the hopes of becoming a professional singer. She met with little success. Of course, it was me. Her brother, who had supported her for nearly 10 years, withdrew his assistance, forcing Hilda to give up her dream. Oh. Uh, that would be my brother, too. So anyway, so that's my backstory. Um, Dustin, what was yours? Yeah, um, I ended up, I had a, I had a different one, um, but I ended up with uh, Mr. 
Austin partner who was aged 40, first class, by the way, from England. <laughs> and 10, 10 days before he sailed, uh, he began a new job with the brokerage firm of Meyer and Robertson and was traveling to Canada, uh, Canada to familiarize himself with an affiliated firm. Um, this was my 17th trip to Canada. And wow. I lived with my wife and two boys, ages 12 and 9. So you were coming England. home? No, I lived with them in England. Oh, in England? He did. I did. I don't okay. know. It's all blurring together. <laughs> it's all melding together. So oh, wait, you were, were you a, traveling with anyone or you were by yourself? By myself going to check out a new law He was firm on a business trip. Business okay. firm, yeah. And they sent you first class. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. What are well, the great perks? I know. What's that yeah. about? So I was second class coming back with my wedding dress and... JL, what were you? Were you with anyone? I was alone. Okay. JL, tell us your sad little story. Here is my story. I was sailing from Queenstown. My name was Honora Hegarty, but I went by Nora. I'm 18. I'm from County Cork, Ireland. Irish. I'm Irish, and I'm being accompanied by my cousin, Jeremiah Burke. He's escorting me. I am third class. I don't know where my cabin is. Your steerage. Because <laughs> I was third class, probably. I was traveling to Charleston, Charlestown, Massachusetts. And the reason why I was traveling was because I was joining an order of nuns there. Um, <laughs> Tustin, that's a noble thing. But why, why would you go all that way to be in? You know what this makes well, me Well, wait. Think? There's a little bit okay, more. There is a start. little bit of a passenger fact here. So my aunt went to Queenstown to purchase tickets for this transatlantic trip Mm -hmm. to become a nun. And when she went to go there, the ticket clerk suggested that I postpone my trip a few weeks so that I could ride the Titanic on the way over as opposed to an earlier uh, voyage, which was the original plan. Isn't that interesting? Yes. You know, you think about all of these, these true stories that we're talking about. Every one of those people, I'm going to cry. I, I'm not going to make it through this thing. <laughs> Every one of these people had a, a story. Yes, and they hit you. And they hit you. Oh, you know that. Gosh, you brought tissues. You know okay. that they're real. Yeah. We are not talking about Jack and Rose. We are talking about people that were actually that yeah. actually experienced this and lived this, and it 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 really kind of hits you. The uh, the exhibit does a, I think it does a pretty good job of bringing you into the story and making you a part of it as much as they possibly can. Um, again, in the very beginning, just by starting off by giving you an identity. Yeah. That, um, and, you know, it does. It kind of hits you. Do you know that after the whole thing was over, I was so wrapped up in my person that um, I actually went online to find out a little bit more. Her? I did. I did. There was a, well, I can't get to that. I'll talk about that at the end. So anyway, we got our, uh, we got our identities and then the tour. Happened. We waited around for our tour and there was how many other people, maybe six, seven other people. Yeah, it, it, it was, was a small, small group. group. It was a small group. Which, you know, I felt like made it a little bit And I had better. gone around, I'd asked a few people what, you know, if they were traveling, if they got cards, if they were a couple, and no, they were separate. And mm-hmm. So it was interesting that way, the, yeah. you know. And there's not too much in the lobby while you're waiting. There's a, there's a place with a green screen. I'm assuming that you take pictures where it looks like you're standing out on some kind of deck. But we didn't do that. Do you know what that was? And that kind of, it was... Please don't tell me it's from the movie. It is. Yeah, it's it's exactly from the movie. You're supposed to yeah. stand out there and, you know. They're trying to make you look like. Yes. Oh. And that ticked me off from the very beginning. Well, okay, so here's the thing. That. They do take the movie, the uh, James Cameron movie, and they integrate it into this exhibit in quite a few ways. Um, My Heart Goes On is the first thing you hear playing as you're approaching the attraction. They're playing that music from the outside. Yeah, it's looping on the outside nonstop. Yeah. Yeah, instrumental, yeah. not Celine's version, but you know, nevertheless, you know what it is because yeah, you know we've. <laughs> okay. Yep, <Whoa>. okay. <laughs> All right. So. Nothing I feel. And I was hoping that they would not do this. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I wanted to go into this, seeing things and learning things. I did not want to hear or see Selena Dion. I did not want to see. Kate Winslet. I did not want to see 
whatever the heck his name is. Leo DiCaprio. Leo Di- I didn't know. I didn't want to see that. I would not have seeing Leo DiCaprio. I did not want. I did. I want this to be real. I did not want it to be just a takeoff of the movie. Yeah. Well, it wasn't wholeheartedly, but they did integrate that in. So let's talk about our tour guide, shall we? Oh wait. Well, I, should we discuss the lobby a little more? There's not too much there. There are there's a Coke machine. There's a few little <laughs> trinkets and things. Two to benches, look at. three benches. There's an actual piece of coal from the ship that's in the lobby. That didn't move me too much, but yeah, you can buy it if you want to. By the way, but you have to have a, what is it? What did he say? It was five hundred thousand yeah. dollars for a piece of coal from the that's... Titanic? Um, and you know, then there's the gift shop. But basically, there's just not a lot to do in this lobby. Just wait it out and listen mm-hmm. to the music repeatedly. Yep. yep. So, yeah. Well, there was the only interesting thing I found in the lobby was the deck plan was on the wall. Mm. Um, it wasn't detailed, but it kind of gave you a, a, anybody that's cruised, it kind of gave you an idea of the size of the ship and, you know, and all of that. I kind of like that because once you had your little card of who you were, you could go over there and kind of figure out. You know where your room where you, would have been. Where your room would have been. So that, I found that kind of interesting. But then the door opened, and out comes our butcher. The he butcher. Was, he was a butcher in many ways. He was. <laughs> <laughs> His character was one of the butchers on the ship. He was an actual person that was on the ship. Well, I mean, he was the playing character. the actual he person was, was on right. the ship, dressed wow. as such he might have been yes. on the Titanic. Had Duly the noted. butcher apron yeah. and everything, spoke with a terrible British accent. Let's just note, he had a British accent. He did. You going to stick with that through this whole episode? Will he stick with that accent? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, he will not. What killed me was we knew from the moment he opened his mouth that it wasn't real. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But he was act, acting. So, all right, we'll go with that. He wasn't terrible. There were things that rubbed Teresa the wrong way about the butcher <laughs> from the beginning. Because we walk in and what they immediately try to do is to, they he tells you the story and we follow it chronologically. The story of the ship before it even sails. Yes. Is what we start at. We we come into these rooms that are de- uh, designed to look a little bit like the outside, as if we were going to go ahead and start boarding, but we weren't on the ship yet. And so he's telling us about a lot of the preparation and um, things from his perspective, the ship's designer, the stories that went on behind the scenes about you know creating the ship, and then we're on our day where we're going to get started but in the also he told us that um in all of the rooms that we were going to be going through there were displays artifacts some were denoted with black cards Mm -hmm. with descriptions on as others were white the black ones were actual artifacts from the titanic correct correct yes and the other was just a reproduction or something from that something or something related to it yeah right from the time period I was excited about that. So in that very first room, there were a few things, and very few. So go on. Well, so it wasn't too long before we discovered that Teresa (laughs) was not very fond of our tour guide. (laughs) Well, I didn't like his tone. And the way he was, and I'm sure it was it was scripted, right, Dustin? Yes. The whole thing was scripted. Yeah, he wasn't making he, this stuff up. He was up. following a script. He was following sure. a script. In my opinion, poorly written in the beginning, because he was not taking it. He was joking way too much. There were a lot of jokes. Um, absolutely, I'll give my reason for why I think that was the case. After I know you finished. already told me all this, and I well, I still don't agree. Can I also just set the tone of how I feel about this whole experience in general? So as we go along and we're talking, you know where I'm coming from. First and foremost, there were, like you said, there were a lot of jokes. I think it was in poor taste, um, considering the the rest, the tone of the rest of the uh, the exhibit that we were in. And also, I just in general kind of have a problem with some of the artifacts that are in there just because they've taken them from the titanic itself and i feel like that should be preserved at the bottom of the ocean so that's the standpoint that i'm coming from as we talk i just want to throw that out there okay and i i agree with that 
But I st- I wanted to see some artifacts. Of I didn't, course. didn't necessarily want to see personal things. But I did. I was kind of torn. I wanted to see these things. But I'd already seen it in videos that Bob Ballard had filmed, you know, when he was going through the Titanic with his little robotic thing. And that intrigued me. And I wanted to see some of these things in person. I had no idea what they what was going to be in there. But I thought it was going to be more than the hook on the wall outside. I don't know. I, outside a cabin door. Yeah, it was yes. kind of random stuff. It's it whatever was, they could get their hands on. Right. And there wasn't very much for the reason, sort of for the reason that you all have talked about. They told us that in the beginning, you know, we have some things here. We don't have a lot of things here. And um, there was a couple reasons for it. The things that are down in the bottom of the ocean are so delicate at this point that many of them wouldn't be able to survive being recovered in the first place. And then secondly, a lot of what is down there is being left down there because you don't, out of respect for the people that have died, you know, you don't want to be like grave robbing. Right. I think the... um the main draw, if there is one to this, is not the original artifacts from the Titanic itself. It's the um, the era-specific um, things that are also mm-hmm. showcased. And they also did a very good job with the, the set construction of making things look like, mm-hmm. like the rooms you go into that all the exhibits are. I think right. they did an, a decent job m- making those feel real. And or at least helping you get the mindset of it. Yeah. I mean, when we're standing Just don't in look the too closely. when we're standing <laughs> when we're standing in the room that's supposed to look like we're getting ready to board the ship. There's a, a whole back wall that is painted to look like the side of the ship, right. as in like the room is smack dab right up against the boat. But you don't actually think it doesn't actually look like a boat. But it helps you get the mindset of it's okay, putting you in a place. It's putting you in a place, and that's what I think. What the whole goal of this thing is um i i don't know if i'm remembering this correctly but i thought i remember him saying about the things that they did have the artifacts that they did have were from things that were not like actually inside the in ship. the wreckage that, he did say that they were outside they were of the wreckage. out so, they, yeah. they picked them up from the area around where it had sunk but not the actual wreckage itself that has just been left untouched. Yeah. Um, my perspective was a little bit different than um, Dustin and Teresa's because um, I I think that the motivation with what they did, again, I, I do feel like some of the good jokes were not in good taste, but you do notice in the tour, the jokes pretty much take place in the beginning of the tour before you get to the part of the story where the ship has sunk. And I think that they do that. sinking. Um, or is sinking. And I think they do that for the reason of trying to, again, put you in the mindset before, you know, everything was terrible and hunky dory. Right. Everyone was was excited. They're getting ready to go on this boat. I mean, it's fancy. It's a big deal. It's in the news. Like, yeah, the the excitement level followed the same arc as his British accent. (laughs) Really strong at the, at the top. The beginning. And then then drops. Once we're boarding them lifeboats, he lost it all. Right. You know, get on the, get on the boat. Um, And the other thing was the jokes pretty much for the most part were directed all at the guy who designed, the ship pretty much every single joke that was made he was the Esme. butt of and I, he was the butt of those jokes and apparently that's because he was a huge jerk he was <laughs> and I okay you're talking about Esme yeah he was the one who wouldn't let them put enough lifeboats on the boat well he was a big ass I mean, can I say that <laughs> well you just did <laughs> but okay what I the jokes that I didn't like immediately okay you're outside. You're hearing the music from the movie, right? Mm-hmm. You go into the lobby. There's the front of the ship where you where you know it's a reenactment of you know woo, you're riding on the front of the ship, and then you know King of the World, whatever the heck it was, and then um, immediately he says you won't find Jack and Rose, and this is not there. What the heck? You're giving me, you know, you're t- <laughs> it's true. you're yeah. showing me. You're, I'm hearing this stuff, and then I go in, and I didn't want them to be in there, mm-hmm. so I'm glad he said that. But then some of his jokes. They did make a couple jokes, and these were the ones that I felt were in poor taste. Um, they did make a couple jokes that referenced parts of the movie or, you know, the drama of the movie. And um, I didn't really feel like that 
had a place I didn't either. in this actual story. Me, so, hey, hold on. I'm sorry. Let me tell you my favorite joke that he said. Okay, oh, wait. Go are ahead. you going to talk about the cargo room? Should we save that? N- no. It's that wasn't your favorite? What was your favorite? Go no. ahead and tell us. My favorite was at a certain point in the tour, and I know I'm going all over the place, but at a certain point That's in the okay. tour, we got to the upper deck, and he goes, at the time... Uh, the pool on the Titanic was the largest of its kind on any any cruise liner in the world. And then he said, and did you know to this day that that pool is still filled with water? That was poor. That, that was, was in poor taste. That was not, yep. That and was nobody a bad laughed. I don't no, no, because it was awful. It was yeah. terrible. <laughs> that should definitely be taken out of the script. That was just not. I had forgotten that. I had blocked that. Thank you for <laughs> yeah, telling me that. Yeah, that was that a I particularly can. bad one. All right, so we start out and we are we're, we board we're the boarding. ships. Yep, and we get in there, and then um, after we get in there, almost well, you're brought into a room that does have quite a few of the artifacts, and he gives you a little bit of a um, ex. Am I skipping something? No, I'm just disagreeing oh. with your quite a few artifacts. All right, a few artifacts. Um, and, you know, they're interesting to look at. And he kind of gives you an explanation of how the tour is going to go. He talks a little bit about the the rooms that have been recreated there, what one of the um, cabins would have looked like is there. Mm-hmm. That was nice. And he um, talks about who's staying in that room and who's staying next door and gives you a little bit of a story. I liked that part of it mm-hmm. because he was talking about real people and what it was probably like for them but he was telling it in first person as if he were on the ship with them and it just helped for me anyway it helped to bring me in i got more invested in the tour because he was speaking that way i agree i did feel that way and as long as i could block out the rest of the things he was saying maybe i just had a problem with him i don't know i think you had a problem with the script I had a problem with the script, but I, I did like when he would tell us something and it was a fact. Mm-hmm. This is the room that it looked like that these people stayed in. Yeah. This I liked all of that, but then, and he didn't really joke a lot then. No, no. So I was okay with that. I just kind of blocked him out when he was, when you could tell he was going to go off on some, like the minute we walked into the cargo area. The minute we walked in there, uh, I knew that that one, I knew we knew what that joke was coming. I knew it was coming the uh-huh. minute we saw the car. Well, it was set up to look like that, but anyway, but that comes a little bit later. Okay. So we're still in the first room, and they have the um, recreation of a cabin. They also show you where the telegraphs come in. The Marconi room, I liked that. That mm-hmm. was interesting. I, I found that kind of movie. Tell us about it. The Marconi room is where you know um, the wireless was set up, and he made some stupid joke about first wireless network or some stupid thing or maybe that was in my head no he said something like that <laughs> he did make a joke about it <laughs> and but um, it wasn't in poor taste I, that was right. that was one of the decent didn't this room end up being the reason why like the ship sank like one of the reasons why it contributed to it, it because it, they had been getting messages that the weather was bad um but they those messages were put aside because they it it was more important to them okay they were getting messages from other ships out in the water that the weather was bad where they were headed to those were put aside and considered not as important um so they weren't delivered to the captain and whoever else needed to know because they um they felt like the titanic was unsinkable and um those those messages didn't necessarily apply to this ship. So instead, yeah. messages that were sent to the individual passengers on or the boat. Or that they were sending out. Or that they were sending out. Yeah. All of that um, took priority because that was how the messaging service made its money. Yeah, they made more money doing it that way. Yeah. So that was kind of sad that that, that was all sad. put aside. Yeah. So the, the the messages about the weather did get to those people, but... Probably not in as much time as they needed it to be. Obviously. So, yeah. Uh, but I thought that the Marconi room, the way it was set up was very interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, I hope it was to scale. I figured it, w- it would be about that size. It was small. Yeah, it was small. Well, only, what, two, maybe three people were working in there. So, mm-hmm. But um, I just found that part interesting that they, they're they showing us this because that played an integral part in what ha- what ultimately happened yeah yeah i liked it as well and so at that point the guide explained to us that he was going to give us a little bit of time on our own to look around and um, explain the rooms that we could look in by ourselves. there was a recreation of the dining room not in the sense that there were tables and chairs set out but just the walls looked like the dining room and then it had um 
displays of you know the plate sets and so on and so forth. Give and then me a there was another room that they called the brown room with the green carpet, um, which it, that was tied <laughs> that up was in the last, yeah. uh, the last remaining survivor of the Titanic. Her, she was Mrs. Brown, and you can in that room you can hear. Uh, her narrating some stories about her time on the Titanic when she was um, a little girl. And also in that room, and this is one of the parts that got me, there's just storyboards of different passengers telling their individual tales, Mm -hmm. who they were with, why they were on the ship, um, you know, their background before they got on, their station in life. And um, it really... Made it personal. It really did make it personal. Mm-hmm. I like that, too. I like the fact that our guide went away for a little bit and left us. You needed a break. On our, I needed a break <laughs> from him at that point. And we were after, what did he give us, 10 minutes? Yeah, and guess what's next? Guys, time for a photo op, right? Yeah. Okay. I've <laughs> this got, is the only place where a camera is allowed and it's not yours. I've got an issue with this. All okay, right? tell all us. Right? I've got an issue with this. Um, the issue. <laughs> issue. Um, first of all, you can't take photos in here, right? Except for... At the Grand Staircase, which they have a complete recreation of. Portion of the Grand Staircase. Right, exactly. And uh, and here's a photo of a photo of it. And <laughs> I don't have a problem with the fact that, just like Disney Photo Pass or something like that, they want to make a buck by offering the photo service. They have no problem with that. The problem I had was while we were on our 10-minute break, there was a guy that worked there that came by and asked every single person, do you guys want a photo? You know, it's this much money, and he's given his whole spiel. Even Come though do people, it now. Yeah. And then when he was done, he made another round and did it again. Are you guys sure you don't want the yeah. photo? It, it was very, very heavy-handed with the, you know, we it need was. to make and the money. Fact that and it, it was awkward. It interrupted our only time we had to look at yeah. these things. Without a guide. Because the, the guide had told us, we'll meet in the grand room, the, the following room with the grand staircase. And I assumed then if we wanted picture, because I knew the picture op was, I knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. I figured it would be then. I didn't think they'd come in and try to pre-sell it to us. Yeah, oh, was, I wasn't expect that caught me off guard. That a caught bit. me off guard too. And and then so we wandered into the room with the grand, the portion of the grand staircase that they had recreated, and it was pretty. I wouldn't look too closely at some of the construction because obviously it wasn't built with the same quality of as the actual as the actual Titanic. they also use like back behind the the stairs they're using it as like storage so you, and can, you can see, see like it. chairs and stuff yeah, and that was tables kind of, yeah behind. that was just kind of funky <laughs> yeah i didn't like that so um and there were people sneaking up there to get their own pictures and but, they yelled at them and they yeah. and then they kept doing it okay yeah so <laughs> they they made oh they also made a point that there are security cameras right, everywhere, everywhere. They don't take <laughs> pictures don't take pictures and, um, oh well, there is a reason why they don't let you take pictures or video, and we never explained that. Never Did you want to go that. ahead and explain that? Well, it um, it would deteriorate the artifacts themselves mm-hmm. if They're the flashes were gone. They're photosensitive, so the, I mean that's a good reason. I don't want things. I mean, I, to, yeah, I can. Understand I, that. I understand that completely. But to me, and I think this happened when the when we got to the grand sta- staircase area, and our guide pop back in to assist us through the second half of the tour that's when the tone changed Mm. um not quite not i mean a little bit not quite yet to me it changed when we were on the bridge but oh wait we we totally skipped over the storage room that came before other than the joke that we were gonna make oh yeah okay because yeah, that's that, where the that, mail... Well, that, didn't that come after the Grand Staircase? Didn't he walk oh, I, thought I don't cool. think it really matters. It okay, doesn't matter. Well, just anyway, he, the, the guy joined us back in the Grand Staircase room, and he started to explain about the staircase, the significance of the staircase. The music that was playing in the room was music box music, as, it, as you would have heard it in um, that room on the Titanic. He talked about the dome, the acoustics, um, the way that the... People <laughs> would gossip and overhear what was going on in the They'd ship. They'd send their maids and personal assistants to stand at some point so they could hear the gossip that was going on. Yes, from a de- from another level. Yeah, another I think deck. it was in this room because of the dome and the acoustics of the room. Everything could be heard, so you would have conversations in there that would be able to be 
you know, you wouldn't think that it would be, but it could be overheard at a distance. So, yeah. The, From another deck. What yeah. he shared, I thought that was interesting, was that the passengers would send their maids or whoever else to stand in the hallways to <laughs> listen and then come back to them with the gossip of what was going on on the ship. It's always been that way, hasn't it? Yeah. It feels Cavemen very, did it. It Titanic feels very Godsford Park, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, it's anyway. always that way. Um, yes, from that point on, we moved on. And I think at that point, that's when we went to the cargo room and the boiler room. Okay. Go ahead. say so? So the cargo room I found interesting because that's where they showed us the mail and explained why it was RSM. R- RMS. RMS, Titanic. Giant crates of mail. Giant crates of mail, which I found interesting. But the first thing we saw when we walked in was the Model T, model the, the car, the old car. And everyone in that room knew... First thing you think is Jack and Rose on the Titanic. Yes. It's the same. And you're thinking it. You you are thinking it. You're thinking it. Everybody in that room's thinking it. And I was getting ready to look away, and what's the guy do? He takes his hand, and he puts it on the side of the car and down slides the window. Slides it down the window, down the window, and I'm going. I mean, I just... Well, I just, I don't know, just what he said was, was not related to the movie at all. He made a very dramatic statement, and in order to emphasize the drama in what he was saying, he, you know, Smack. smacked his hand, you know, on the window as emphasis to what he was saying. Scared the crap out of me. But we all <laughs> And then know. he turned around and he gave us this look. We all know what he's doing, especially when he he does it right on the window as opposed to another part of the car and then slides his hand down like he lost me there we all looked at each other and we're like is this over yet (laughs) right Dustin please make this end put me out of my let's just sink inside see if I live or die right now because I want it to be over Mm -hmm. and then we hit the boiler room and the boiler room was interesting I found that very interesting yes especially because he started to talk about the compartments on the ship that were designed so that if they had started to fill with water they would the doors would automatically close and section off those areas so that the ship could stay afloat but what kills me is if it filled up water would spill over into the next compartment and I've known this fact for years and it's always baffled me if the ship is sinking it's going to not be level and water's going to spill over so well what he explained was that the titanic was able to take on those four rooms full of water and still be able to float if they had been sectioned off but unfortunately what happened is the boat had been so damaged that rather than the four that fifth there was a fifth compartment that had started to take on water and that's what did them in if it had been able to be contained in those four rooms they would have been fine but they took in water in a fifth area and that was that spelled the end so at that point we go on to the bridge the bridge for me this is where the tone changed because like i said he was still making those car jokes in the cargo room this is where it got serious this is where i started to get a little yeah it got him. What was the uh, what was the current status at this point of his British accent? He's still full British, right? He was still He's still British. full British. Yeah, <laughs> he was still pretty British. <laughs> I then stopped listening to him back when his hand hit the car. When we like, say that we're on you. the bridge, we were in a room that looked like you were out on a a deck on the bridge there, of the deck. With yeah, the... there were windows on the one side of the room where you're looking out, and it looked like you were looking into the pitch black night. And I he, thought this was cool. I this thought was it done was, well. It was, and it was also there was a change in temperature, and he explained that too because we had been in the boiler room, which was a you know fairly warm, mm-hmm. toasty room, and then we had walked out into this other room, which was supposed to be outside in the Arctic or wherever we were, and Arctic. it got cold. It, it felt it like it was the chilly, and the um, you know the all the gizmos and gadgets of the time were there to make it seem very real mm-hmm. that um, you were out there, and they explained you know the little. Uh, that was actually off the ship, wasn't it? Or what was the? Yes, that was a that was an actual artifact from the where you would uh, from the wreckage. Um, the thing that sent the messages to the captain, how he would receive, little, yeah, how you know, he would receive that, the messages yeah, if something if something was wrong. And at this point, yeah, like the whole tone of everything changed because this is where he started to explain um, how how it all English. went. Yeah, how it all went wrong how um the lookouts weren't able to see anything because it was pitch black and the binoculars that they were supposed to have had been missing but that they were able to smell icebergs because apparently they smelled differently you can smell them so when the lookout smelled the icebergs he notified 
the the captain and actions were taken but at that point it was just too late and there was a um, he was trying to turn the ship but he was also trying to slow it down at the same time and in slowing down the ship that also slowed its ability to turn and they just weren't able to move out of the way quick enough. But it, the, the tour took a really somber tone at this point. There were no more it did, jokes. did, because you knew that this is it. This yeah. is, you know. Yeah, there were no more jokes. So then after that, we were moved into the next room. Which was out on deck, where you would get your life jacket. Was that what it was? That was next. Okay, I didn't realize that that room actually had a theme because... It did. It was kind of like a little hallway, but it was before the the one with the life vest in it. But it was a room where it was still chilly. We were out on deck, and he explained a little bit about going into the following room, which is where the survivor list was in the list. Yeah. And that room... Um, this got heavy, folks. It did. You walked in, and this is where your little backstory and your card came in handy well you needed it and on the walls first thing you see um other than the the plaques on the walls was there was one display in there and it was an actual it wasn't actually from the titanic but it no. was a, li- a recreation it, of a life vest right of, of the, what you would have the been type wearing of life vest that you would have been wearing on the walls were four different large plaques and it was broken up into first class second class third class and crew, crew. crew. and everyone that was on that ship his name was on those but if you were a survivor your name was in solid white a solid font solid font and if you did do not make it it was like it was like a hollow font so you would just see the outline of the letters but the inside of the letters was empty yeah. so okay so and there was and there was a reveal you know like all of a sudden it lit up to show you which ones were which. right well it, when we first got in it was lit and you know, remember how we all went over to look and then the lights dimmed and I'm like okay well they didn't give me enough time to find out if I lived or died well the lights dimmed because they wanted to show us a video a video now let me say something real quick um, throughout the whole exhibit they have been playing clips from like um, like maybe a 1940s or 50s version 1952 Barbara Stanwyck version is yeah. what you're which is the best version of the Titanic right and they've been playing that in corresponding things where it would relate to the different mm-hmm. exhibits and stuff this however full-on ripoff of James Cameron's Titanic with Mars Bringer of War. I mean, uh, O Fortuna uh, playing under the oh, that background was of, it, of a, the crash, of the yeah. uh, sinking section of I the I mean, movie. it got really... Yeah, they are showing the James Cameron Titanic sinking while it's the... You know, and you're just like, what the heck is happening? Well, because <laughs> technically they're probably not supposed to uh, show that movie, and so they figured if they changed the music, it would be okay. It just uh, felt like you were was, getting ready to descend into the bowels of hell, you know, the, yeah. if anybody's listened to O Fortuna before. So did they tell us, did we find out our fate before or after the religious break? I, I think it was after. Um, and what she means by religious break is... And this came as... <laughs> a surprise. A, a, a surprise that we it was something we didn't expect and we didn't know this was going to happen and it was about the last um it's like the last true hero the last true hero of the titanic they labeled him the last true hero yeah he was a minister right yes yeah he was a reverend and as as people were floating in their life vests who were not able to get on board the lifeboats he would go to, um, as the movie put it, and I'll just do my little bit on the movie, he would say, you, over there, are you saved? You, over there, are you saved? Have you found Jesus Christ? And, you know, it was a couple of, He was witnessing on the water, yeah, yeah, is what he exactly. was doing. In the few minutes that they had before they all froze to death, yeah. And in this witnessing, he saved someone mm-hmm. who ended yes. up living. Yeah, he um, he witnessed to a survivor who, after surviving the um, tragedy, found Jesus Christ as his savior afterwards, and told the story. Well, he found of, it there, and then and then told the story. You know, told the minister's story as you know, you know, for the rest of his life about you know what had happened. Look, that you know that bit was actually quite touching, and I'm not going to go into my religious beliefs or anything like that. But that that portion of it was really quite touching. I think it's just important for us to 
to mention this uh, because it's not advertised at all. And so for anybody listening who's thinking about doing this, just know that it's there. And mm-hmm. you do with that what you and, will. Okay, I do have to say, if if it's not uncharacteristic, I would expect a minister to do this in this situation. And not for his own purposes, but for because that is his beliefs and that is what sure. he is that is what he's That's what he feels his that's purpose. That's what he feels he has to do is. his purpose. Yeah. I just found it so interesting that this is the very first time that we have ever heard of this and I've read books on the Titanic and I have never re- heard of this story. But it took me back to the Cameron movie where do you remember on the ship as it was breaking in half there was a minister that was had people clutch clutching to him and he was you know he was reading from the bible and all right so i don't know if that from the movie came from this story or oh that is interesting and i had you know if they just tweaked it a little bit because they didn't want to mess with the floating door theory of jack floating around you know what get on the door jack you know you're gonna live you get on the door and (laughs) so that door's a big door it was a big door they've it's been proven over and over he could have survived (laughs) rose was just selfish so I don't know. I just found that interesting. And it, it, it totally hit me. I mean, I turned and saw your face, Dustin, and you had the same look on your face as I was feeling. And it was like, whoa, where did this come from? Right. It was just um, rather than being something that was mentioned in passing, it was very emphasized. And yeah. it was it, because it was it was his story. And then there was a lot of repeating of Psalms, you know, from the Bible and so on and so forth. I think what I found most interesting is they featured him so heavily, whereas none of the other passengers on the ship had ever been given as much attention as this right. one man was at the end. That was that was it for me. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't offended, but it just yeah. took you by surprise. I wasn't offended. I found it kind of comforting. Well, well, yeah, sure. And and you know what? If Titanic, the exhibition, the artifact expedition, expedition, exhibition <laughs> has a message that they want to get across, I am totally okay with that. I am fine with that. I just did not know that that was going to happen yeah. going in. I had no clue that it would take. It was that a time. little surprise. So, but after all of that, the lights came up, and we got to go to our perspe- our boards to see, see if, if we, we lived. lived or Starting not. with um, first class, Dustin. Uh, unfortunately, I did not make it. Um, and I, unlike JL, I've I've not done more research on my person, but uh, it, you know, I didn't make it. So there you go. First class doesn't necessarily help you, folks. Steerage. What? You were down in steerage. How'd you do? Um, No, I died, as did my cousin. We both perished. Um, So, unfortunately, that would be the case. All right. I was in second class, and I lived to tell the tale. So, um, Hilda Mary Slater... She just had to get a new wedding dress. Yeah, her wedding dress didn't make it. But at least she made it to the wedding. Yeah. Good for you. So... But like you said, first class didn't guarantee. No, in fact, no. what what I found interesting, was it second class or third class that had, no, it was third class that had, first of all, the crew had the most survivors of their group. <clears throat> of they their had the group. largest, well, their number of survivors right. was larger than any of the other In ratio to the how groups. many were there, yes. Right. Third class, surprisingly, there was, I think came, was it second place as far as the number of people that know. survived? It was. Um, it was an. Uh, it's not the. It was a high it's number. It's not the ratio I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I thought there it was, was going to be all first class. There was a lot of third class yeah. passengers. It all had to do with survived. how they were loading the lifeboats. Where and stuff you like happened that. to be at yeah. the time of you know whatever it was and whether you made it. And on the also boat. your own personal. There were not. There was not priority given. I'm going to survive too. I think it has a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, our our next thing that we'll talk about will prove to you that maybe even that can't save you. <laughs> Didn't save you, did it? No. You didn't survive. So the next room we went in was... If you hadn't already been at a point where you were invested and involved in this story... In an emotional wreck. This really brought it home for you. So we walked into this room, and there was a recreation of a small iceberg made out of ice. Yes. Standing there. And... We were instructed to line up in front of the iceberg, and when 
our guide, who now is no longer English at all. Oh, that's right. Yeah, let's, let's, <laughs> he, he let's bring British it in. He wasn't British anymore. He's lost it at this point. And I think by the time we got to the names on the wall, I think that's where it yeah. really he was gone. Yeah, yeah. he was no longer he's English. American. He was just some dude from Jersey. He's only British when he's funny. <laughs> or wherever. Yeah, right. He <laughs> couldn't the serious. He, he can't be he, a he serious lost British, British person. So we're in here, and, uh, and he tells us to, when he tells us to, we're all going to take our hand and place it on the iceberg. And we're going to hold it there for 10 seconds. So we're all lined up, and we put we put our hand on the ice, and he starts counting. Slow. Very slow. Mm-hmm. Very slow. And he's also saying things like, this is how your whole body would have felt. This right. Is we're, how, you're just feeling it in your hand, but try to imagine, imagine this feeling a lot, you know, surrounding you, being engulfed in it. And I said, I got the idea, and I took my hands off after <laughs> two, two seconds. seconds. Dustin Dustin's like, after two seconds. I'm done. Yeah. I got it. Did you do the whole ten seconds? I did the whole ten seconds, and it was painful. It My hand was partially paralyzed for a oh, my hand small was, period yes. of time. I couldn't move it. What, what got me, though, because I'm standing there with my eyes shut, and I'm doing this, and I'm thinking, okay, how did they, how did they do this? How... This is the last thing you're going to feel before you die, you know. This is, of course, for the people who were floating in the water. This right. This is what they would have felt. This is what clarify. they would have felt all over. And, you know, the guy, the, what he's saying is, you know, going into your head. And you're thinking, oh, my gosh. I, I was just getting into it at that point. Mm-hmm. And then when you pulled your hand away and it left a handprint, the heat of your body left a handprint, that's when I lost it. Yeah, and you see the hands in the and ice. And you see the hands in the ice. And... He was wrapping it up at that point. He was like, oh, okay. And I'm standing over there weeping. And he yeah. says, are you okay? And I'm like, just leave me alone. I mean, because yeah. at that point, I just, that was it for me. I mean, yeah. it, it was real. It definitely, it brought it to you in a way that I don't think that you wouldn't have had the same experience without that block of ice. No. Um, Even though the air got cold and we saw the names and all, you know, it's still... No, that just, like, made it very, yeah. very real. And what happened after that? They threw us in the gift shop, right? Time for the gift shop, baby. Yeah. It throws you... That ride throws you right out of the gift shop. I have a couple problems with the gift shop. Do you? I have one problem with the gift what shop. What is it? Dustin has more issues today than he's ever yeah, had. I know. I know. I know. Sorry. Look, they had some neat stuff in the gift shop. And they, you know, little tchotchkes, magnets, and stuff like that. Fine. Fine. Recreation of, like, the dinnerware that um, would have been on the ship. Neat. Have that in your home. That's cool. They had a stuffed polar bear that was dressed like the captain of the ship, who notoriously has a big, white, bushy beard. Yes. And, you know. Went down with the ship. Something doesn't feel right about it. That was to bring in the kit. I saw it. It was to... This is your. Uh, we went and saw the Titanic experience, mommy. I got the polar bear that looks like the, it's the captain, captain polar bear who died, who sunk with the ship. Uh, that was kind of funky, and I also found it. Um, they had videos, they had books. I liked the, the book selection was interesting. Um, t-shirts, okay, you want a t-shirt? Had pillows, pillows, throws, throws um, DVDs of the 1952-53 version, Barbara Stanwyck version, which is the best version, but. Um, because it has a very young Robert Wagner in there. <laughs> it was very good. Anyway, um, but no, none of the, the newer Titanic. That wasn't there. Obviously, they had no rights to, to do anything with that. And the gift shop was, to me, kind of cheesy, the way it was set up. It all seemed temporary. Yeah. Didn't it, it seem it temporary? Did, it did feel kind of, you know, haphazardly set up, you know, like it would. they're going to pack up and move in a couple months. Yeah. So... I don't know. Well, and that was pretty much it. After that, we went home depressed. Nobody I went even wanted home to go and out to I just eat after absolutely that. just plummeted from there. On the ride home, it was just the more I, I thought about it. You, Jenny Lynn, you left interested, wanting to learn more. I did. Teresa, you left highly emotional, <laughs> and I just left angry. <laughs> Dustin's like, I have to go shopping. I have to go get happy. <laughs> He's like, I'm going shopping. <laughs> I need to go get. And I, and I just. I, I was left. fascinated. I was fascinated, but the ice thing and the whole, even though my person survived, I still know many didn't. And just the whole, I'm going to cry here. It's okay. Go ahead. Take it, Jay. <laughs> take it. <laughs> well, overall, I guess um, as long as you go in with expectations set, for this attraction, I think it's a good attraction. I think it does what it sets out to do, which is 
tell the story. And I feel like it tells the story in a it tells the story in a better way than I was anticipating yeah. it to tell the story. I think it could use a little bit of tweaks, maybe not have some weird jokes that seem a little bit disrespectful at times. Right. But at the same time, I can all I can put that in context with where the jokes were coming in chronologically in the story. And I feel like it does a really good job of taking you through the progression of what happened to these people. And look, if you're if you're, you know, one of many things, a fan of the movie Titanic, if you're interested in Titanic history, um, if you're interested in any of that kind of stuff, I don't I doubt there's anywhere that goes this large scale to display you know what the Titanic would have been like and what that whole experience would have been like. So if you're someone who's interested in that stuff, I don't think that you can go wrong with this. Mm-mm. I just had some personal issues with it. That's where I'm coming from. I don't I think it was themed well. I think, you know, overall it's um you know, it's a good exhibition, but uh I had some issues with the script and stuff like that. Well, and you need to know that when you leave here, it's not going to be you know, happy-go-lucky as you're leaving. Like, you're going to be leaving feeling a little bit weighed down. Even, like, I very much enjoyed the experience, but even I was just like, oof, like, what do I do with my life now? So, you know, just... (laughs) Just be prepared. You know, if you're coming here and you're on vacation and you're all like, oh, we're going to have fun. Hooray, hooray, hooray. Um, You're not going to feel that way when you're done with this. You're going to need to... What a way to calm the kids down. kind of have something to... Some kind of buffer time here before you know don't go from here straight to you know pirate mini golf you know it's it's gonna be a weird transition if you i'm glad i'm glad i did it because i've been wanting since it arrived or i arrived whichever came first i don't know since i found out about it i've been intrigued and wanted to do this so i'm glad i did it and i'm glad i experienced it but when i got home kelvin took one look at me and he said i told you you shouldn't have done it and i said i'm glad i did it i just you know it's just it's just a tragedy yeah. And I, you know. Well, it is. And, and in that way, the, we're learning about it. I just don't want it to be joked about yeah. as much as right. that and guy did. You know what? You know the ending going in. Yeah. You, you know, know what's yeah. going to happen. So you know. set those expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, I don't know. I guess I'd be interested in hearing if you guys thought that it's something you would recommend or would do again. My feeling is I'm glad that I did it. I found it fascinating. And, um, I I feel like I walked away with something from this attraction. Oh. But would I do it again? Um, this isn't something, this isn't a repeat attraction. Like if I have friends coming in from Wisconsin to visit and they're on vacation and, hey, what do we do? I'm not going to say, hey, I think we should go see Titanic, <laughs> the artifact <laughs> exhibition, unless they're like fans of that or right. whatever. Just it's. Um, I think it's a it's a very it's a little niche audience, and there's a lot mm-hmm. of people that wouldn't be interested, but others that are interested in historical facts and and artifacts and things like that, they would enjoy it. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. I don't think I would go back because it was so draining. Now remember. This what what we're talking about. There's multiple experiences. We did the guided tour of the artifacts. Mm-hmm. There's also the dinner experience, and there's also the self guided tour that you can mm-hmm. do. Um, so maybe for me, maybe the better route would have been to take the self guided approach and just look at the stuff and not. But I mean, he did offer a lot of he good added, story. He, yeah. he did um, maybe with a different guide. Like, I it, well, I mean, know? that depends on what you're saying. For me, I absolutely would have. I, I'm glad we did the guided tour. I absolutely got more out of that than I would have had it been self-guided. I oh, mean, I agree. it would not have even come close I to agree. what I would I have agree. walked away We would have with. just been walking from case to case and going, oh, wow, oh, wow. Oh, that's kind of He mean. did add the drama and the level of feelings that you needed at, in certain places, and I like that. Even though I'm a, I, in my mind, I am perfectly capable of adding that drama and that, those feelings <laughs> myself. <laughs> but I think a lot of people, it, it added. I'm glad we did it. I would like to see how it would be with a different type, with different guide. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But maybe for Dustin, Dustin would have done better without the guide. He would have been less angry. <laughs> All right. With that, what's happening? Yeah, okay. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week's show. Like, giving you our take on Titanic, the Artifact ex- Exhibition. Um, if you are particularly fascinated with that story, this might be the thing for you. If you're not, then 
not so much. So um, <laughs> anyway, I think that's going to do it. So we'll see you next week for episode 26, where we review a restaurant that we found out in Claremont called The Crooked Spoon. The Crooked Spoon. Once again, I went on my quest to find fried green tomatoes like Mama <laughs> made. And, well, we'll see. We'll tell you what happened then. So until then, trip out.